the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in. Boy, my voice doesn't sound exactly terribly well-rested, does it? Don't you hate those Mondays where you didn't get quite enough downtime? It's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. Well, anyway, we're back to it, back to the grind. It's AM 910. It's more stimulating talk. This is a show dedicated to your money. It's called Rob Black and Your Money. It used to be called the Rob Black Show. A little too vain for that, so we're, we're re- rebranding it again to back towards Rob Black and Your Money. It's a show where you can contact us with a phone call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's a show where you can contact us via email, Rob at robblack.com. It's R-O-B at robblack.com. Got lots of interesting stuff coming up. Are we going to start with headline news today? Let's do a uh, headline news, and I'll get into a couple good stories for you, some business, um, what's going on with Wall Street, and what have you. Let's see. Headline news? There we go. The New York Stock Exchange, it opened this morning with a GM big story posting a first quarter profit, and they say that they're moving towards a turnaround expected to put it on track, oh, good God, on track towards its first full year profit since 2004. The big story is obviously GM, but that's really not what's painting Wall Street right now. Stocks are sliding today down 133. We had an up week last week. It's weird. It was probably the most uncomfortable up 2% that we've ever had. And ultimately, we sat back on this weekend, and the euro is going to get worse. And I did a story on this show on Friday saying Europe's going down the drain. It's not going down the drain to the tune of, oh, no, sell everything. Oh, no. But the strength that was the European Union is broken, and it's fragmented, and the confidence isn't there. The euro is going to continue to get weaker, in my opinion. Today, it hits a four-year low. Now is a good time to book a vacation to Europe. You're getting a lot more bang for your buck, and there's ramifications on investments as well. So the big story today is probably, and it's not painting Wall Street any differently. And that just shows you that in business world, sometimes there's some conventional wisdom that fails. After a massive taxpayer bailout last year, General Motors says it's now in the black. Chief Financial Officer Chris Liddell, he spoke to Fox Business Network about the company's fortunes, making $900 million. Well, it's obviously pleasing, and in particular given uh, all the losses of last year. You know, we're rebuilding the company here, and one of the important and critical steps of rebuilding a company is to, to become profitable. So it's great to be able to achieve profitability. So that's good to hear. You know, uh, we know that there's some financial engineering going on. We know that there's government stimulus and that kind of thing drawing in people to buy General Motors vehicles. But it's good to hear, you know, 
even with financial engineering, they're not hemorrhaging. Now, anytime you go into bankruptcy, one of the nice things about going into bankruptcy is you can go, hmm, that 15% credit card, bye-bye, let's make it a 1%. So you can do a lot of, lot of engineering there. So Liddell says part of the growth is improved quality. Overseas sales also helped. Sales in China up 70%, but that's off a really low number. Brazil up 27% in the United States sales. They're basically seeing growth in the teens. So we're getting out of the worst part of the recession, and people are. There's going to be pent-up demand. If you're not buying a car when you need to, it starts to pent-up demand. And finally today, Native Alaskans, they're worried that proposed oil exploration in some area waters could destroy their way of life. More from Fox News Radio's Dan Springer. Backlash from the oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico could derail exploration plans that were already approved for the Arctic waters off of Alaska. Shell has paid over $3 billion for leases in the Chukchi and Beaufort Seas. Its plans to drill five exploratory wells this summer when the ice melts have been approved by the Minerals Management Service. But after the Gulf accident, environmental groups sued. There's an estimated 27 billion barrels of oil in the U.S. part of the Arctic Ocean, but Alaskan natives say the risk of getting it is too high and a major spill would wipe out their subsistence hunting way of life. In Seattle, Dan Springer, Fox News Radio. The story there is what's happening in the Gulf of Mexico. It has some unintended consequences elsewhere. In Alaska, they don't mind offshore drilling because what other business is there? Fish? Other than that, you going to move your dot-com company to Alaska? I don't think so. So... Unintended consequences, very, very problematic. And it could be President Obama could say, hey, let's move college funding from the private sector to the government sector. Well, the unintended consequence, we don't know what it is. That's one of the biggest, biggest, biggest problems with politics is even though they try to solve something, financial reform. Sometimes when you solve financial reform, what can happen is small businesses like you and I can come up with this great business model. Great business model. And because there's financial reform of the big banks, the money doesn't trickle to you and me. And finally today, popular social networking site Facebook has many users in an uproar over their ever-changing privacy settings. Fox News Radio's Brett Larson has more. With 400 million users worldwide, it's hard to keep everyone happy. But when it comes to securing personal photos and status updates, it seems Facebook's new changes have riled users once again. It comes on the heels of a security breach where users' content, even personal messages, were briefly made public. But the new settings are a minefield of changes, and your picture, username, and interests are no longer something you can make private, a move that upsets users and has Facebook saying, you made the decision to join yourself. Brett Larson, Fox News Radio. Oh, boy. Where do you come down on this one? I'm an incredibly private person. Incredibly private person. And yet, I do a radio show where I broadcast intimate details of my life. Very intimate details sometimes. Sometimes about, you know, marriage gone bad. Sometimes about investments gone great, investments gone bad, college stories. Facebook's privacy issue, it's starting to become more and more of a conversation. I have a producer, Heidi, that she gladly throws down her vacation photos. I don't. I mean, literally, there's a line in the sand between her and I that I don't want everyone to see them. And I don't know what's being controlled and isn't. So I'm not putting nothing there. I don't know if there's websites that can break into my privacy settings or get behind my privacy settings. I've done nothing. My Facebook page, Rob Black, is probably the most boring Facebook page on the planet. 
because I, I, I rarely update it. I use my Facebook page to get friends and family and, and business people that I like to know into my world, into my Rolodex. And on occasion, yes, at two o'clock in the morning after a whiskey or two, I'll check up to see if I can get some skin shots of some of my friends or things along those lines. See if like, hey, they went on a cool vacation. I stayed at home. So, I, yeah, I do. There's a little bit of a voyeur, but that's kind of what it comes down to, right? A little bit of it brings out a little voyeur in you. So you're going to hear Facebook go to Congress. That's going to happen. This privacy issue is going to get bigger and, and deeper, and it's going to freak people out. Will it affect Facebook? I don't think so. Facebook has really figured out that we do want something in in the world that's not on our desktop that represents our friends and family and our photos that we can continually go to. And, and it does a good job of, of collecting it. The thing that I like about Facebook is it's photos, it's email lists, it's business associates. There's so many things there. Um, and I'm kind of tired of just the one. I, I, I need to integrate a lot of things into one website. I do. Instead of going to 10 different websites to do that, to share vacation photos, I want to go to one. Anyway, this weekend, the big movie was Iron Man 2. It dominated Robin Hood at the box office, much like I said it would. Robin Hood didn't do so terribly well in the United States. It fell 60% from week one. Iron Man 2 fell 60% from week one. And in the world of movies, that tells you, uh uh-oh, this is going to peter out pretty fast. Universal's Robin Hood did not have a huge opening. It did well overseas. And again, uh, just goes to say, I'm, I'm tired of Russell Crowe. I'm tired of Robin Hood. If I never, ever, never see a remake of, of Robin Hood, I would be more than happy. I'm, I'm convinced that the one in you know Disney was probably the best one. Wasn't there a fox that played Robin Hood? Anyway, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's show people what a call looks like and sounds like. Let's go to Philip in Petaluma. Oh, good morning, Rob. Enjoy your show. It's kind of you. Hey, uh, the other day, my wife received a letter from uh, the Social Security Administration, and in there, um, in some of the uh, subtexting, they said that in the year 2037, uh, Social Security will have a shortfall. Um, they only fund about 76% of it. So that'd be like a 24% shortfall. And my question to you is, um, she's 48 right now, but just in discussion, uh, we were saying, uh, in that case, or is, she, is she better off taking money as soon as possible, you know, at the 62 and a half or whatever, or wait until she's 70? Man, you are really ahead of the curve. I'm thinking 15 years into the future. My opinion would be, it depends on your wife. If her parents live to a, a, a happy old age of 100, wait. Because you'll get more benefit if her, even with the shortfall. Even with the short, we don't know, Philip. There could be. We could start a war and take over Saudi Arabia, and suddenly we're the wealthiest nation in the world. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, we don't know. My personal opinion is do it to Canada. Is do what? Is invade Canada. Oh. <laughs> so they've got sexy women. They've got lots of oil, and well, not much of an army. <laughs> oh, so, God. and what I'm trying to get at, and or what I'm almost kidding at, is. Maybe down the road, our Department of Education, our Department of Labor will go away. Maybe down the road, Social um, maybe down the road, um, the IRS will go away, and we'll figure out ways to save money. You're hearing Spain and Portugal right now cutting programs that they've promised. So that probably means your wife will get less in the future. Probably means I'll get less in the future. But maybe these f- programs will be funded in a different variety or a different way. I will say this, Philip, and this is probably the most 
hardcore thing that I could say to you is no one that I know of in the financial world is counting on Social Security. Okay, well, uh, our 401Ks are max, our IRAs max. Um, see, we're, we're actually kind of in a low pa- uh, tax bracket, 15%. Right. I, it kind of leads me to another, another question. Um, uh, Philip, you know, hold on. Philip, hold on to that question. We'll get to you right after the break. I'm, okay. I got to go up against my clock. Hey, thanks. But thanks for the call, and I'll get back to you. Now, one more thing I want to say about Social Security is maybe down the road in 30 years, when I'm ready to retire, maybe they'll say, "Rob, how about you pay no income tax for the rest of your life, but yet you don't pay any, you don't take any Social Security?" I'd consider that deal. So we don't really know. It's too early for you to you know, plan your wife's retirement 15 years from now. A lot of it's going to change between now and then. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Walmart versus Target. Who's going to win the battle royale? And more with a call from Petaluma. Philip, 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM. like blowing 10 grand in Vegas on the first day and then making it all back and more on the second. The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Welcome back in to the Rob Black and Your Money Show. It's on 910 AM Monday through Fridays, 10 to noon. I have an Apple app that kind of supports the show. It's an intriguing app in the sense that it allows you to stream the show to your phone and, and work off your phone with AT&T doing the stream. At 9.10, if you start the show and then there's a, a interruption, you have to start all over again. So it's kind of kind of sucks. Um, so the Apple version kind of fixes that, as does the iTunes version. So I have an app, 299. It's Rob Black and Your Money. And again, it's, a, it's intriguing to me. To, I'm going to watch it. And in the coming weeks and coming months, I'm going to roll out some more apps, like how to invest when you're 20s and 30s, how to invest in your 40s and 50s. Um, I'm going to look for your feedback on this. And you can drop me feedback, Rob, at robblack.com. It's Rob at robblack.com. I'm not going to try to get rich on any of it. I'm not. Trust me, that's not the point. The point is to get you good, solid content that you can trust. Um, Through the years, I've done a good job of getting you insurance referrals and financial planner referrals and uh, various other referrals. So I will continue to try to do that for you. In fact, I may try to coordinate all that a little bit better than before because something that I know that you and I both need is we need to get our financial house in order. If you were to be hit by a car today, does your spouse know where everything is? More often than not, no. And when I was working as an investment, or I could give you my dad's story. When my dad died, trying to pull his financial house in order and figure out what he had and didn't have was a nightmare. And I kind of want to work in that world now. Um I'm thinking that direction. So I got some ideas, but I could use your feedback, Rob, at robblack.com. Let's go back to Philip in Petaluma. Philip, how are you? I'm doing good. Actually, I have uh, two questions, both of which I've heard you talk about before. One's making extra house payments, and another one's American funds. And I don't know if I'm in denial or what, but uh, I don't know if our specific situation changes your opinion on this. Um, My wife and I are in a 15% tax bracket. Uh, She's 48. I'm 50. 401Ks maxed. Iris maxed. Uh, she has a rental house, and she doesn't want to be in debt at retirement, so we've been making an extra uh, an extra house payment a, a year on that. Um, any opinion? I don't like prepaying in any way, any time, any shape, or form. I don't see the point, Philip. Do you? 
Well, what else would you put that money towards that would... Um... How about a California municipal bond at 6%? Well, that's... What's the mortgage rate? Uh, 5.8. 5.8. After you factor out some interest deduction, if she still has it, after you factor out the fact that 5.8%, that payment has been fixed for... How how many years is she into it? Uh, 30. Oh, I mean so far? Yeah. Probably about six. Um, that rate was probably kind of, you know, that... that was probably kind of painful maybe six years ago, but she's probably had some wage inflation. Maybe the kids are starting to get away from the nest. Um, I see no reason to ever prepay a mortgage. I don't do it. I don't know one financial planner that does. Yes, you can save interest, but you lose the ability to earn income. So, And the real rate of return when adjusted for inflation and any sort of discounts that you get off your your taxable income, it's it's I, I like writing out my mortgage. I might consider even refinancing that to a lower rate. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on if you're going to be in the property and how long you know she plans to continue to work. But I see no reason. I'd prefer you save the money and have it on your side of the balance sheet versus pay it off. Keep in mind, we don't have hyperinflation right now. But if we do hit any inflationary or in hyperinflationary periods, um, anything that you prepay will lose that value towards um, it'll lose that value towards inflation. Oh yeah. I, I, okay, I see that. So. All right. Uh, okay. Makes, that makes more sense to me now. And you had one last question. Yeah, Amer- American funds. Uh, you said my uh, financial guy's not my friend. Actually, I kind of like the guy. But uh, yeah. I got a lot of American funds. So uh, I thought then, and I haven't talked to him recently, that uh, he said uh, when I go to sell whatever, there's a lot less on the backside to pay when, when the funds are sold. Yeah, well, you could use Fidelity funds or... Schwab funds or Vanguard funds and pay nothing on the front, nothing on the back. Nothing either side. Okay. Nothing on either so, side. So in in uh, we probably have about 125,000 in those yep. funds. Am I better off switching now, leaving them where they are and from now on going Vanguard Fidelity? Or? If you've put money into American funds with an advisor, who does your advisor work for? Uh, Edward Jones. Edward Jones. Edward Jones and Ameriprise and Scott Trade, they tend to put people in uh American funds because there's a big kickback, 5.75% in a front-end sales uh, charge. That goes to his firm, Edward Jones, and some of it goes to him. So every time you put money in, he makes money. Yeah. So I could see why he's your friend. <laughs> now, you can do the same exact fund at Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard or T. Rowe Price and, and pay him nothing. So if you have the funds, you've already paid them, keep them. Okay. They're pretty good funds. I say new money goes elsewhere. All right. So... Thanks. You answered all my questions. You're, I'm a good man. You, you know what? Oh. I would agree with that statement. Oh, good God. <laughs> toot. I just tooted my own horn. Thanks, Philip. I hope you know I'm kidding. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I did a segment last week on Walmart, and it kind of got me my cockles up because I've never been in a Walmart. I said I'd never been in a Walmart. I kind of misled you. I was in a Walmart once in Hawaii uh, to pick up some sunglasses. And everyone in Hawaii was like, hey, we got a Walmart. It was Kauai. They've, Kauai felt like they finally hit the 20th century when they got a Walmart. Kind of weird, right? So Walmart got a huge boost during the recession. And this is the question of the day in my mind. Who do you like more, Walmart or Target? Walmart got this huge boost during the recession. New customers came looking for lower prices. But now that the economy is picking up, will people drift right back to Target after a long, long winter of a recession? 
and I'm not just talking about the past winter, I'm talking about past couple years, springs and bloom in the economy. People are going back to work. Wallets are opening. Dollars are zipping from hand to hand like honeybees pollinating an orchard, right? So the fight for many of these dollars, it's shaping up as another in a round of, you know, David versus Goliath, retail giants or whatever you want to, whatever silly analogy you want to throw out there. Walmart against Target. Now, in years past, Target had always done a really good job of hiring high-end designers to do designs for them. For the, the people, the masses. I, I will say his name incorrectly. Don't shoot me. Isaac Miserati. For instance, he would do a, a design and you felt better. Like the clothes were at least semi-fashionable compared to Walmart where it was like they'd have an, instead of an alligator, they'd have like an elephant on their shirts. And you're like, you know that you're the ghetto kid because you don't get the alligator. And the other guy has the alligator and you got the, well, you get where I'm going at with this with Walmart. Walmart was always felt cheap. Now, in the downturn of the economy, people said, we want cheap. They went for inexpensive food. They went for inexpensive clothes. And Walmart stock rose 50%. As the up market started to take, though, Target started to lose about 60%. But now we're at the turning point where we're starting to teeter-totter back up on that upside. So Walmart was the initial winner-winner chicken dinner. But as time has kind of played out a little bit, Target's coming out with a a slogan saying, expect more, pay less. So they're doing the best they can to brand, 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 brand. Now, in the last 13 months, Target's stock is up 138%, whereas Walmart, not so much. So Walmart's struggling to get any sort of traction in their stock. When the recession hit, when the down market hit, they, they moved higher. But since then, it's been really diverging. Now, there's weakness in our economy. You know that, and I know that. We saw some retail sales that were good, but there's still that, when will jobs come back? When will jobs come back? That's a good question. Walmart's the world's largest retailer, in well, largest retailer in America, 4,300 stores. Target's number five in sales, and they only have 1,740 stores. So they've got room to potentially grow. Now, Walmart has that cut cut rate prices, kind of a zealousness to it. Target wants you to... Yeah, they'll cut prices, but not as low as Walmart. But you'll also get more quality, maybe. So is this retail recovery real? Do you believe it? Apple has sold a million iPads. Domino's saw sales up 14%. Iron Man 2 did $134 million in tickets. So people are out there spending money. Who do you think is going to win going forward? Is it going to be Target? Is it going to be Walmart? Get your calls in the air. It's 800 800- Three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Coming up, it's the business of sports, and I got some stock news for you as well. You're listening to the Rob Black Show on nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at one eight hundred three four five fifty six thirty nine. It's not the Rob Black Show. We need to kill that bumper. It's Rob Black and your money. That bumper needs to be blown up today and never, ever, ever, never played again. That's the way I work. A lot of people don't like my absolutism. A lot of times I'll say things like, if this doesn't work out, I'll eat your children. Kind of saying, like, let's make this work out. In the world of business, at times I'll say, you know, I will do this and I promise you on the life of my mother. 
I like being a little bit more absolute. I like people knowing where I'm coming from. But I'll even go, I'll make it more graphic. Like, hey, if I ever, you know, hose you in a business relationship, I'll rip my mom's heart out and eat it. It's it's graphic. It's extreme. No one's comfortable with it. But it shows and it stops people from wondering. It shows where you're coming from. Anyway, let's talk a little bit of business. And this is a call-in show. Before I talk business, let's talk. Um, let's talk. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I like it when you chime in. I like it when I throw out content like Walmart versus Target. Who's going to win? In the world of investments, I think Target's going to win. In the world of sales, I think Walmart's going to win. I think people just feel they want to spend a little bit more. They don't want to be ultimately cheap. And I think when you walk into a Walmart, you feel ultimately cheap. It's kind of odd, right? So we got tons of things we could talk about, but you got to pick up the phone. That's the only way this is going to work. Otherwise, it's monologue after monologue for me. For instance, we could also talk about Google. They said something today that, as a shareholder of Apple, made me smile. Google announced, well, they didn't say it this week, but Wall Street figured it out today. They announced that they're going to close their online Nexus One store and make the handset available through retail channels in the United States first and eventually in the rest of the world later. Google's getting out of the hardware business, it looks like. There was a thought that they were going to try to, you know, compete with Apple on price, thought there was going to be, maybe they'll give away the phones. But now what they're saying is, you know, Android-based phones, they're gaining traction. But Nexus One really never came to the level of penetration that Google expected for the first four months after the launch. I love saying penetration on air. It just sounds so dirty. Now, this move by Google clearly raises additional concerns about the overall visibility and the overall viability of Google staying in the hardware business. They're, they're backing off. They're, they're sounding a retreat. I wish I had a retreat sound. What's a retreat sound sound like? No, that's a charge. There has to be a retreat sound by the Calvary. Anyway, well, they're sounding the retreat sound, whatever it sounds like. It could sound like a Lawrence Welk song for all I friggin' fragging care. Anyway, mobile internet is still the single biggest new opportunity for Google. And weaker than expected trends in the Nexus One have no negative material implications for their overall approach to mobile internet. Maybe they just weren't meant to be a hardware company. Their phones are selling well. Their operating systems are selling well. It's just not the phones that they're making are selling terribly well. People like that retail channel. Maybe that's what that's telling us. Now, last week, MasterCard and Visa got dinged. Think of your card getting dinged. They got dinged. The stocks did. The companies, it was a little misunderstood on why they got dinged. Now, some analysts are coming out today, and they're saying outperform buying opportunity. I tried to make that point last week, but I'm making it again today because I've gone on record saying I like Visa. I've gone on record saying I like MasterCard, and I don't want my reputation hampered or like, I wonder what you think about it now, Rob. Now that it's gone up 100% from where you said you liked it and it's pulled back 20%, do you still like it? People are always going to be wanting to attack me. It's the nature of this business. Like I said, I say things a lot of times in absolute terms because confidence sells. But also, you need to understand that I'm I'm not waffling. When I say I like something, I like it. So last week, MasterCard and Visa fell. U.S. Senate approved amendment that would empower the Federal Reserve to impose limits on debit card fees collected by the biggest banks as part of the financial overhaul bill. Lawmakers voted 64 to 33 to approve the measure. 
It was a measure from Senator Majority Whip Richard Durbin, and it seeks to ensure that debit card interchange or swipe fees charged to merchants are reasonable and proportional to the cost of processing the transaction. A debit is a movement of cash from your account to the retailer. And there's not a lot of risk in that. So what is the risk? What? How much should that toll road be for Visa to move it from their, your bank to basically Visa's bank to basically the, the retailer? It's a good question. This is huge business. And God, if you only knew how much business happened in the world on the, this interchange from business to business, from bank to bank, it's crazy. And sometimes companies like Visa and MasterCard get a piece of the transaction, you know? So payment networks like MasterCard and Visa, they set interchange rates and pass the fees along to card-issuing banks. So ultimately, someone like a Chase Manhattan, they'll issue a Visa, and they're the ones who get that 2% when it's transaction on a debit card, not Visa. Merchants last year paid $19.7 billion in fees tied to debit transactions processed by purchases. $19.7 billion. Now, that's a lot of money. Now, the legislation could hurt revenues at MasterCard and Visa because they collect royalties from banks based on card spending volumes. So what might happen is the number of card issuers will get smaller. If they can't get that 2%, maybe, maybe not. Because how much risk is in that, how much risk is in that transaction from debit to Visa to bank to retailer? Almost none. There's almost no risk. So I don't see this as a big issue. I see it as a less profitable for the banks, but I don't see it hitting Visa or MasterCard. Now, again, maybe they issue fewer cards. Maybe they get fewer kickbacks. I don't think so. I think the overall number of swipes are going to be about the same. Now, the overall bill and the interchange fee amendment must still be reconciled with the House of Representatives, given its significant margin of passage. Um, It's unlikely to be removed. Now, one of the analysts that I follow said that he would use this sell-off in MasterCard and Visa as a buying opportunity in the shares, and that he continues to believe a secular shift from paper payments, whether it be cash or checks, to plastic and electronic payments underpins the company's above-average long-term earnings growth rates. So I throw it out there for you, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's more of a buying opportunity than a selling situation. You get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I've got a Facebook group page. That's not my Facebook page. My Facebook page is for my friends, my families, my loved ones, and that's it. My Facebook group page is for you, the blackheads, the people in the community. It's a community feel to it. Go jump on it and post ideas, post comments, and I will edit it, and I will pull that content off, and I will use it as content. I will go right now and take a look at Facebook.com group page, Rob Black. I hate Rob Black. That's the group page. Search I hate Rob Black. You'll find it. Anyway, coming up, I got the story on GM and more on Sirius, on HP, on smartphones, on Monsanto. Stocks you've been asking about, I find content for you. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Because you want to be able to afford your midlife crisis. It's the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call now, 1-800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. No, it's not. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Show. Let me do that again. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Show. Can you tell I'm just not into it on Monday? I didn't sleep terribly well last night. 
Some days I do, some days I don't. So uh, not nothing big this weekend. I didn't party. I didn't drink like a rock star. I didn't do anything that would keep me up with uh, sleep issues. Bought four hundred dollars of plants for an office. Yeah, I know. I like tra- I like plants and trees and bushes and offices. So don't know why, but I do. I'm kind of a. I think I have a green thumb, but I'm not. Plants never die on me, but no one ever says, "Man, you've got a lovely garden." I think I do a good job, though. Anyway, the euro hits a four-year low. That's not so bad. A lot of people freak out. And you know what's bad about it? It's it's bad for the business community in Europe. It's great for the business community in the United States, especially companies that, you know, want to do business. Now, again, if you do business in euro, it's not so good. Not so good. I'll talk about some companies that have exposure to the euro. And some companies that don't have exposure to the euro. In fact, I did already. I posted it on talk910.com on the Rob Black Show on a blog. I'm going to update it at two to three times a week. And on Friday, I think it was Friday, it might have been Thursday, I wrote, here's the companies that have the most to lose. And here's the companies that have the least to lose. For instance, AT&T does business in dollars only. In America, they don't do a lot of business overseas. So they don't have exposure to the, the weak euro. Don't crap your pants on this, people. It's not that big of a deal, the weak euro. Let's go to Fred in San Jose. All right. Good morning, Rob. I hope you're well today. I'm tired. How about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm just uh, moving along. Okay. But, uh, I have a couple of questions if you have time for them. I'll try. Uh, the first is uh, I have a CD coming due. I was looking at uh, buying a uh, replacing it with a short-term government uh, bond fund called uh, ticker symbol MGSDX. Right. I was just wondering, it has it has a lot of, uh, was it Fra- Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in the top 25 holdings? I'm just kind of wondering about it, that's all. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, are good, believe it or not, because our government has promised to support them up to $400 billion, and their, t- their problem's around $80 billion. So for now, good. Okay. For, forever, no. In the world of bond funds, I prefer short-term bond funds. I see no reason for a long-term bond fund. In the world of bonds, I prefer individual bonds versus bond funds. Um, this is a good fund. It's well-rated. It costs you almost 1% to get 2%. So it's not great. I think you can do better with a municipal bond in the Bay, in uh, not the Bay Area, but in California. Um, I wouldn't be happy with a 2% return and almost 0.84 basis points. It's almost 100 basis points equals 1%. So this is just slightly less than 1%. So to me, it doesn't feel like it's doing that good. As far as safety goes, it's safe. Okay. And uh, just a second question. I know you like to use uh, debit cards. Uh, I use credit cards. Um, I pay off my credit card every month. And I'm just kind of wondering, is there any monetary benefit for me to use a debit card versus a credit card? Nope. I think uh, it comes down to your preference, and I'm glad that you pay off your credit card every month. I think credit cards are amazing tools, but they're kind of like knives. You know, you use a knife well, and you can... And you can chop stuff up. You can clear the shrubs from your your yard. You can cut meat. You can defend someone and kill them if they're trying to kill you. But if you use a knife poorly, you'll slash your own wrist. Same thing with um, debit card with um, credit cards. So hopefully you never get to the point, Fred, where you're 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 counting on it a little bit too much. I love like my American Express is a credit card, and every month it tells me exactly what I spent and it categorizes for me and helps me with my budget. I got no problem with that. Great. Hey, thank you very much. So thanks for the call, Fred. Let's go to Ed in Napa. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Bad Dan's Wall Street. 
again, people are starting to figure out that Europe is going to have a couple hiccups and some growth issues tied towards their way their government's going to change their spending from cutting pensions and cutting promises and raising taxes. So their their economy looks a little less, I don't want to say socialism, because it is socialism in a lot of cases. There's, there's even less socialism going on. Let's go to Ed in Napa. Ed? Hey, Rob. Hi. Hey, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. It's good to be talked to you. Thanks for calling, Ed. Hey, I have a question about, um, I want to open an online trading account, and obviously there's a lot of different um, companies. Is there anything wrong with the lower priced um, companies, like the you know you can trade down around three dollars you know a trade as opposed to you know uh, Schwab or yeah typically with a Schwab I mean you can get seven eight dollar trades with Schwab so you're almost splitting hairs in my opinion mm-hmm. now a three dollar trade versus an effective trade could cost you a lot of money uh, yeah. So let's say, for instance, Baidu. Baidu probably had a spread of a buck or two bucks back when it was a $700 stock. Mm-hmm. So the difference between buying it and selling it was a buck or two. That's a huge spread. For traders, they wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. And then they do that 10-for-1 reverse stock split, and it becomes a lot more liquid, and that spread suddenly goes down to 5, 10, 15 cents. If your $3 trade is at a spread of 25 cents and Schwab's $7, $8 trade is a spread of 5 cents, Schwab's going to be the better one. So it, it that's what it comes down to is how much markup are they making elsewhere? I personally, Ed, would only put trading money with Schwab, Fidelity, or Vanguard, and here's the reason why. It's to me, I want my paperwork to rock and roll. I want my paperwork great. When I was 18 years old, I changed my own oil. Didn't mind doing it. During the winters on the East Coast, you would cut the hell out of your hands. Because it's cold metal and you're working with tools and you'd slip and you'd hit something sharp and your hands would be all grotesque and mutilated. Once I got to the point where I was making enough money, I'm screw it. So I'm paying someone 60 bucks to change my oil. Um, same thing with, with trading. At one point, it was worth doing all that extra paperwork and, and, and figuring out what my cost basis was. And then I kind of grew up and I got to the point where I don't mind paying a little bit more. Um, it, just to make the, the, the paperwork that much easier for you. So again, I ain't going to discourage you from uh, trading any way you want to. I'm going to say be careful, and I prefer better paperwork than, than the cheapest trade out there. Okay, quick, another quick question sure. on, on that. Um, are, are you saying then that, um, that some companies will shave a few cents and take that for themselves on, yeah. your, on your trade? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so they'll – okay, I understand what you're saying. Well, for instance, and again, let's say let's say a company like Baidu.com has 20 market makers, 20 specialists out there. Your firm may go with the highest one so that they can pocket the difference. Um, they'll, they'll charge you the highest rate. They'll go to the cheapest. Um, or they'll execute with the highest and keep the difference. So you got to be really careful. A lot of people think that sometimes they're outsmarting the system and they don't realize they're getting an inter-transaction that doesn't exactly work for them. And thanks for the call. to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. GM, big story today, reported first quarter income of about $865 million. That was helped by higher production and smaller discounts. The maker of the GMC Terrain and the Chevy Equinox, uh, they're working on an IPO. I know. 
that IPO is going to be a little bit misleading because a lot of the funds from the IPO aren't going to the company. They're going to pay back the United States government from the ownership that they own in the company. So the unfortunate process of bankruptcy has yielded very positive results. Oftentimes, when you, the listener, will call in and you've got way too much debt, whether it be mortgage debt or credit card debt and way too little income to service that debt, I will say to you on a regular basis, um, consider bankruptcy. You know, consider borrowing money from a family member. Consider, you know, hitting the lottery. Consider robbing a bank. Consider bankruptcy. I will give you every option that I can give you because the laws are there and you might as well take advantage of them. I know it brings into the moral question. Rob, you're a jerk. You're telling people to to not honor what they what they did. No, I'm saying the laws are there. So and I hate I hate it. I hate the idea of someone going out and running up seventy, eighty thousand dollars on dinners and clothes and then going bankrupt. I hate it. But also, I hate the idea even more that they never, ever get a clean slate, that they never, ever get a chance to to change their own business model and start saving for retirement. That makes me just as ill, in large part because they're going to turn 60 and have nothing. So they're going to be my neighbor whose house goes down in value because they never mowed the yard. They're going to be my neighbor who stays inside and watches Jerry Springer all day and all the kids are afraid of. They're going to be the person who... Need social security disability. They're going to be the person that falls through the cracks. And I, I don't think that's any better than, than bankruptcy. So I'm going to be honest with you on that one. You know, interesting today. YouTube turned five years old. Doesn't it feel like YouTube's been with us for longer than that? Most popular YouTube video of all time. You know what it is? It's a 2007 clip of a British toddler gleefully biting the finger of his older brother. I know. I never saw that one. So, actually, actually, that's actually been shifted. That's number two now. The number one, it's Lady Gaga. Slithering sci-fi theme music video for her single bad romance. I like Gaga. I gotta admit, there's, there's something. I think she's a very ugly troll, tiny short person with a great voice. And she's figured it out. Like, that'll never sell. Look, sell, sex sells. So what she's done is she's thrown on crazy wigs and super skinny outfits and, and push-up bras here and there. I dig that. I dig someone being told, you will never be a success in the music industry and then becoming a success. And one of the things she did was she embraced YouTube. She embraced her fans. She calls her fans monsters. Why? Because at some time in our life, we all feel like a monster. So she's, she's totally jiving with us. And if you think I sit around... And listen to Lady Gaga music all night long. I don't. I just respect the business model. YouTube's got the skate riding cats. I love them. The dancing fat guys with lightsabers. Love them. You got a lot of baby hijinks on it. You got a smorgasbord of professional video out there. You got to, you know, the biggest challenging is making sure that they don't do too many things over at YouTube. And that you get too lost in the cornucopia of content. A lot of people considered it to be a risky business when Google bought YouTube for $1.65 billion in 2006. And now they're celebrating their fifth birthday. They've announced that they've passed 2 billion video views a day. That's crazy. It reached 1 billion in October. So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. In seven short months, they've jumped from 1 billion hits a day to 2 billion hits a day. So they've also done this with live broadcasts. 
They show the Indian Premier League cricket matches, which, again, there's an audience for it. It's a lot like, why did ESPN bring in uh, European soccer? Because there's an audience for it, and it doesn't have to be a big audience. Fox taught us that with Beverly Hills 90210. It just has to be an audience that you can market products to. With Beverly Hills 90210, it was Zit Cream and, and like BW Rabbits. They said, screw the ratings. Let's do a market home run. Let's do a market bullet shot. So YouTube also holds a large catalog of music videos that contain advertisements, labels, in an effort called Vivo. Happy birthday, YouTube. Coming up, I got headline news. It's Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.